Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming Up Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Old Old Spice <laughs> and the XFL. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, I have such bad XFL. news about the XFL. Oh, no. What, what is happened? it? The XFL is gone. What? It's canceled. Yeah, but it was it was a sure thing. Uh, we all thought so. <laughs> it was as sure as the Titanic in, in being the most colossal right. ship to travel from in the first half, yes. New York to somewhere. That's true. Yeah. Where, where did it go? I only watched the first half of the from movie. It's quite pleasant. Leo Dio's house to wherever they were going. Leo Dio. Pick up straight He's at the my harbor favorite at his metal house. guitarist. I give Leo Dio too much credit with that nickname. It's a common nickname. I didn't create it, but Leo Dio. That's a. I used to think of when I like in my head Ted Leo. I'd say Theo Leo, even oh. though I don't think that's right. Before we proceed, can you explain what the XFL was? Uh, the and X- who you are? <laughs> who does who this voice are? belong who to? Is this voice? <laughs> my personality does not. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, so my name is Demi. Hello, everyone. Hi. Uh, I'm just a guy. Just I'm only a, a guy. Gilmore guy. We're having yeah. a great <laughs> podcast crossover. We are. This is like uh, when the critic came on. Whoa! The Simpsons. It yeah. stinks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was like a, the way you said that. It was as if he set up. I like my TV shows. Like I like my coffee or something. It's, it's bold. black. It's black. With sugar. Bold. With sugar. <laughs> um. All I know about the XFL is I think it was their way of going like, look, the NFL's got too many rules or the NFL stinks. <laughs> You're right. We're going to create our own NFL with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> I don't think I've, ac- I've actually heard of this phenomenon. Am yeah. I crazy? Was I under a rock? No. No. Well, that I think is the the essential joke that they're playing is that oh. it was like so quick that it just came by. <laughs> yeah. I oh, that's a joke. entirely sure on the rules. I, I thought that maybe it was like, they plucked the greatest players from every team and then formed super mega teams. Oh, like a super group. Like yeah, a super group. Of football players. Like a <laughs> fantasy football, but reality fantasy football. I don't know too many of the real rules because I also don't follow football itself. <laughs> but uh, I, I do remember that this was such a flash in the pan thing that I was just like, I heard about it in the same time that it was canceled. <laughs> uh, and yeah. It like, seemed destined to fail. Yeah, there's an, you don't go up against the NFL. Also, I think that there were I don't know I, maybe it would have it, it was a strategic move in that the creator was like this is probably going to fail, but at least it's going to go up in like a triumphant yeah. like fiery, flamey you know like splash like if you get fired <laughs> from other <that> adjectives job, <laughs> you create uh, a fiery splash fiery splash <laughs> right. when you put out the fire yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, can you please tell us why you chose the episode that we're going to talk about today, which, by the way, is called Old Man of the Key. Yes. It's from season 13. Sure is. And it is... Uh, ep- John Vitti wrote it. Episode 13. Episode 13. 13, 13. 13. 13. Is and that why you... Is that... No, un- <laughs> I didn't even realize. Uh, is this the latest, like, is this the latest episode that anyone's done in so terms far, of... Yes, so I far, think. because Dana Gould did season 13, episode 3. Ooh. Yeah. So he did, just Homer the Mo. he did Homer the Mo to to frame the time period that we are coming from with this episode. Um, and because people ask, uh, this premiered March 10th, 2002. So you, so we got the early aughts. Yeah. And I think that I honestly might have watched this episode like live on TV. Actually, I'm sure that I did because. Yeah, you were probably like nine. nine. Yeah, because yeah, I was 11. Uh, I assumed as much. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Which is I, why I'm guessing you chose it. It's one of the reasons, yeah. I Just because the Branson sequence <laughs> alone is ingrained in my memory as the most iconic thing from my childhood oh just my going God. hey ma can i get some cookies no dice <laughs> this ain't over that's in my like i quoted that it, like for the thing is it's it's a funny joke but it's nowhere near the top like simpsons joke but i quoted it so much and i even said like <laughs> i remember watching this episode and just going semper fi to people the next day at school and I w- i'm sure for years i wouldn't even know what it meant <laughs> but i just like in my head this episode was full of so many things and it's just wall-to-wall jokes like i was trying to wait for just a line that is not meant to just be a joke and i think there might have just been one it's just set up set up joke set up joke it's it's barely a story <laughs> but it's it's a good glad you acknowledged right yeah but i mean it's so good it's it's clearly <laughs> it's hard to call it a filler episode because what is a filler episode of the simpsons but it's right <laughs> it's it's so late in the game. Like, I think it's past. What would you say is the period of The Simpsons where everyone was like, this is the good years? Like, people are people are in different camps, of course. Right. But when people talk about the golden age, The Simpsons, or the golden era, the golden years, yeah. um, people usually say three through eight. But I think the cutoff is usually 10. Right. Yeah. I, I often hear two through 10 as like a standard answer. I totally agree with that. I think that. It's weird for me, though, because I started watching The Simpsons live after, like, near the end of that cutoff. I'd say probably season nine or so. So I'd seen all those episodes because they were playing in reruns on the WB and whatnot. But I was also watching live, and I was still, in my head as a kid, I was like, this is still as funny as it (laughs) was. And, like, no one around me was being, like, was going, like, oh, The Simpsons isn't funny anymore yet. Like, I think it didn't get that way until they did their 300th episode, which was with Tony Hawk. And I remember that (laughs) so vividly, too, because I watched it live, and I got excited, and... And I remember going to school and just being like, did you see the Tony Hawk episode? That was so cool, right? So it worked on you. The stunt casting worked on you. Yeah. Yeah, it totally worked. And I still remember like up until season 17 with like the Gump roast and like the (laughs) the, They'll Never Stop the Simpsons song they did. Like I was trying to, you guys like rekindled something for me just in asking me to do this because I was going (laughs) through the episode like lists and just trying to find like the best ofs and I was like in my head I was like I remember they did a song once and I just like I started singing I was like I still know every single word and it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah Um, and it was uh, Emmy nominated too. Wait Mm -hmm. Gump Roast was? The song that's in this episode. Oh okay. Speaking of Emmys (laughs) you two two (laughs) so-and-sos that work on At Midnight that just won an Emmy. It's true. Yes we did. Uh, That has not changed our lives too much but. I bought a boat. Oh. Whoa. Right out of the gate. Right. I I haven't I don't think we even get an Emmy like a physical one but I I got a boat. How, How did you get boat money? Where does anyone get boat money, you know? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. on, on clout? That's right. You got <laughs> clout points? I the go, perks. listen, Mr. DiCaprio, I have a boat now. I'm sorry, it's Leo Dio now. Oh, Leo Dio? Mm-hmm. Oh, that explains why he gave me the shitty boat. So before we get too far into this episode, the, the quotes, the things you like about it, uh, we're going to read from our Simpsons guidebook. Let us. Yeah. we normally We're each going to say one word. Ooh, <laughs> round robin style. The old man and the king. <laughs> okay. Uh, Marge receives a disturbing phone call from the Springfield Retirement Castle claiming that Grandpa has died. Upset, the Simpsons go to the facility only to find a mistake has been made and Grandpa is very much alive. The deceased room is already being rented out, and Grandpa is happy to discover that the new resident is a sexy elderly woman named Zelda. Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. She puts the, <laughs> ass, <laughs> the ass in assisted living, you guys. 
Uh, what, a, what a crazy first line. Uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Grandpa attempts to woo Zelda, but she's only interested in men who can still drive. He begs Homer to help him get his revoked license back, but Homer refuses. After Grandpa throws a tantrum, Marge agrees to help him. After taking driving classes, he receives a new driver's license at the DMV. So, let me start by saying I have not seen this episode until this morning. Really? That is true, Uh, which is kind of crazy to me. I mean, we talk a lot about when we kind of fell off, um, and again, it was never an active decision, but I think that... Uh, if it's 2002, I'm only 11 or 12, so I wonder what I was doing if... I, I guess my parents just didn't have it on, but I watched this day for my first time, and I did not know that this is where Old Man Yells at Cloud comes from. Yes, which I had the same realization. Yeah, which, of course, if you are on the internet at all, particularly the comment sections on AV Club, mm-hmm. Ooh. you will have seen this picture. For sure. It's all over the place, and it's one that is so refillable. People will change the title all the time. It's a great gag. For some reason, even though I couldn't remember where it was from, I assumed that it was from an earlier episode, which yeah. proves me wrong. Well, I think a lot of those sign gags feel interchangeable. Totally. Because they are so random, so you don't associate them directly with an episode uh, or a plot. Yeah, like the sign that says, clean up your own mess, and this episode could have been in any episode, really. Yeah. Uh, But I do want to talk about I put the ass in assisted living. (laughs) It was such a bad joke. Oh, so. (laughs) That it it continues to offend me. It's just like. To this minute. (laughs) I just felt like it was was a weird way. Yes, we know. Yes, we know that this character is a hussy. But it was such a weird... uh, We'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Demi, you're making some enemies today. Listen, I'm going to be as nice as I can. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I just felt like it was such a weird way to introduce a character. And and I don't know. I just felt like it was very unkind, too. I mean, yes, he meets a woman who's supposed to be like this sexy, you know, kind of... Vixen, yeah. Um, but I just felt like, I don't know, it, it was such a groaner line, and it really colored the rest of the episode in, like, a weird place. Like, yeah. it just made me go, oh, come on, guys. Like, if we talk to people like Josh Weinstein who talk about how they stayed out or stayed in the writer's room till like, 2 in the morning working on a joke that ended up being um, Rover Hendrix, which <laughs> is a great joke. <laughs> he still, I know, loses sleep over that. But then there's <laughs> this joke, I put the ass in assisted living. I, I, I immediately <laughs> thought, Guys, you could have pulled an all-nighter right. on that one. <laughs> they could have pulled a two-minuter on that one. So yeah. now, now let's come up with our own. What would you? Ooh, what would you have liked? Kind. Well, yeah. the, the thing about Zelda is she's the only person in the entire retirement home that they don't play the joke of "I'm old" with. Ah, They're right. just kind of like "I'm sexy," and that's the entire character. So it's just weird that they. Like, for everyone else, like, they have people, like, breathing oxygen masks <laughs> in, instead of, like, fanning themselves. And she just walks around. She's like, I'm old. She's, I mean, she's not even like, I'm old. She's just, I'm hot. I love I love sex and I love a car. So, yeah, that is, I mean, uh, there's no reason ever to get into the science of, of why when it comes into cartoons. Right. Uh, because they are just cartoons. But it's fun. I love it. I read fan fiction. Why do we think that she's in that home? Because if you're as able-bodied and and you know happening as she is, right? Uh, she must have some family drama because they Cor- don't want her around. Yeah, they hate. She keeps saying, "I put the ass in assisted <laughs> living." Every time oh. she enters a room, <laughs> she was just so two-dimensional. Is it because she's a hoochie? 
Yes, I mean, God. I I respect her. I I would, you know. I was gonna not say, the car thing. My alt joke for her wouldn't <laughs> even be an alt joke. She'd come in the room and say, "Hi, my name is Zelda, and I'm a person of value. <laughs> Please respect me." <laughs> and I really like cars. <laughs> That's it, you know. Vroom vroom. Vroom vroom. <laughs> this is hashtag vroom vroom. <laughs> This is definitely in the beginning of the era of stunt casting for The Simpsons, where they were just like, we can get anybody. So they just right. were like, the Who throw character. I mean, it was Olympia Dukakis, mm-hmm. which is not a huge, like later, like in later years, they did things where it's like Zoe kids love Kids love Olympia Dukakis. Kids yeah. can't get enough. Um, <laughs> I've been hearing Give on the street Give me Dukakis or lot. give me a timeout. <laughs> I've been walking on some weird streets, but I've been hearing on the street. <laughs> yeah, give me Dukakis. This That's on a onesie. Yeah. A little jumper. Now that I think about it, I can't believe this was a favorite episode of mine as a kid because I don't know <laughs> Olympia Dukakis. I don't know any of the people. That it's all old people. It's all old people. There's no Bart. Even no. <laughs> there, Bart Even is a Bronson side. Even joke. That's an old. I had no idea who Andy Williams. Two Andy Williams jokes. Yeah, and a Glenn <laughs> that was Campbell. A great Andy you know Williams what? Joke. I don't believe that you were only nine. How old are you really? What? I wasn't 83. <laughs> oh, that's no. for sure. I didn't drop a digit off of nine. Oh, no. No. I, yeah. I literally don't know why I loved it. But I think this was the start of me just making a series of jokes in my life where it's like, this isn't a reference I necessarily get because I haven't experienced this person's work. But of course. You're a precocious child. I was. I'm so sure. You, you, were, were you were reaching up to I was. Uh, making the references that your next generation. I'm or sure adults or loved Generation that. after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I talk to adults <laughs> all the time and they do. They do. <laughs> it's all we talk about. Uh, in 2002, like that's probably when I was watching the most Animaniacs. Like by 11 or 12 was when I was getting super into uh cartoon network and mm. the more kind of gritty cartoons and so like that those kinds of jokes like they don't really have to make sense it's kind of just like yeah this is weird right. i like yeah, this this yeah. is this is weird you're and right, you're right i mean for yeah, me it's it's like a visual you know kind of appealing thing that like oh that guy talks funny it's it's like yeah. there's no rhyme or reason behind it well it's Extre- I mean, the the joke in and of itself of the, you know, can I have cookies, that line is funny on paper. But the fact that it's a child in that voice yeah. is so funny. I think this is probably the first time I ever heard of Charles Bronson. But you also get the context clues of, like, this guy is a weird, like, so he's a, <laughs> he talks like this. And just yeah. And the- you talk like that, as someone who works in the same office as you, you talk like that quite a lot. I do. And <laughs> I it's definitely that influence. Yeah. Like, you, felt, you felt a familial yeah, <laughs> and I I didn't realize you it was ancestry.com you would find that you are descendant of Charles that Bronson. child no not even Charles Bronson <laughs> the that child, child doing Bronson. that voice child Bronson yeah. child Bronson was pretty adorable yeah um there are some good jokes in here I mean you mentioned it's like wall to wall jokes but I wrote down some of my favorites um when uh Grandpa S- Simpson is giving the tour of the retirement home and he's like saying like oh you know like those are the cool kids those are the comatose people those are the cool, oh, comatose. Comatose, cool people. comatose people all the sunglasses and the <laughs> cigarettes hanging out of their mouth. Uh, you ungrateful milkshake was something that I wrote down. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like that was interesting. Is that something, Demi, that has entered your everyday conversation? You ungrateful milkshake? No. Uh, Can it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call people grateful milkshakes, too, when they do nice things. Oh, that's the Grateful Dead cover band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they just play uh, Keyless in the style of Grateful Dead, though. <laughs> um, the first like real joke of this episode, besides the, I guess besides the XFL thing, is uh, when the Assistive Living Center calls and they're just like, your, uh, your patient 
Abe Simpson has in his voice. Yeah, I love when they <laughs> I love the joke of them announcing like having Abe not only announce the way that he dies, <laughs> right. but also saying the nursing home was not responsible. <laughs> right. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, yeah that was that was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, I would also say that I just find this to be a really funny joke pitch uh, for somebody to like sit in the room and go, I got it. Um, <laughs> when Marge is excited that uh, Grandpa Simpson has found a lady yeah. and she says, uh, we should double date. They'll finally give us a booth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Homer says, a booth. I could lie down if I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I think that's true to Homer. It really is. <laughs> but I felt like. Uh, now I'm going to feel like I'm really nitpicky with this episode. Oh, getting nitpicky. There, w- there was a moment in this episode where, and I find this, um, I've, I've spoken to a lot of other Simpsons fans about this, and, and this seems to be like a, a similar um, gripe, is that sometimes Homer will be as dumb as a post, and sometimes Homer will say things that feel a little bit more intelligent than he's capable of. Right. And when they are playing that weird Scrabble battleship, game and he says he picks it up and does that whole semper fi yeah. moment it just felt like unnatural to what it Homer definitely is feels unnatural watching capable it yeah yeah but yeah. it's still something that in my head i was like this is great it's a funny I don't joke know what it, means. it just didn't seem true to his character no yeah yeah it, the only part that seems true to his character is the idea that he would get emotional over thinking that people actually died in playing that game. Right, <laughs> right. So th- I think that's what accentuated how yeah. weird it was for me. Um, something about this episode that I feel is that I think that this could be an episode of a different show. Like, the script is solid. It's got great jokes. I f- feel like since it's not really centric to the family, that it could be a different cartoon entirely and it would still deliver um and that's something that i i haven't really felt before but like you know they they don't do too many departures from uh the simpson family uh we've had a couple grandpa episodes but this one is through and through a grandpa like let's follow grandpa around which is pretty interesting yeah it absolutely but it did feel like they sat down and said, let's have a grandpa episode first and foremost. Yeah. And then the plot came later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the double date is kind of one of the only moments where we get to see the, the you know, families together. And I did like that. I liked the movie that they're watching. Right. They always do such a good job of, like, kind of doing a parody of, of oh, something yeah. that already exists. Yeah. They're the best at skewering pop culture. Yeah. Uh, what is it? All Hail to the Chimp. Is that what it is? Yeah. That's, I think, probably my favorite of, yeah. all, of all of them. Oh, they're just hailing to the chimp. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, anything chimp related. I mean, you know I'm a fan. Oh, yes. Um, Demi, what are some other moments of this episode that you love? Um, there's a w- So this is something that happens in a lot of episodes, but I really love anytime they show Bart like dressed up fancy in his blue suit oh, yeah. <laughs> and his combed hair is just the hair split down to the sides. Yeah. I think that's such a we- like a small detail that makes me laugh. The idea that like, I mean, of course we are supposed to see it as spiky, but the idea that it, it gets weird and like soppy. Yeah. Cause it kind of like when we look, we've talked about Simpsons, hair before yeah it's such an interesting thing because when you look at it you could argue that it's kind of their skulls mm-hmm. <laughs> it right. really and is. when in an earlier episode uh we have uh lisa's hair popping a volleyball mm-hmm. we then get a clue as to the like the density and like the sharpness right. and then the idea that she could kind of curl it or she could get gum in it or bark and split it down the middle is just such a funny thing. There, there are no rules there to are it, no which rules. is great. Yeah, I uh, I actually Homer's have, is black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a, um, a little action figure of Church Bart. So he's in his Sunday best. Yeah. I think it's called Sunday Best Bart. And he has his hair in the middle, which I love. Mm, oh, I love quickly, and I would love to get back to your favorites, but 
speaking of combed hair, what an interesting choice when uh, Grandpa is waiting for the Viagra to kick in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And his little alfalfa sprout comes in. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> it, it, it was a funny joke, but it just didn't feel true to The Simpsons. No. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. It was a little too slapsticky. The, the whole episode is is a, a departure from what I'm used to, and that's not to say it's uh, not still something that is very funny. But it is, uh, there. Are, it's like a degree, not off, but it's in a different direction than I'm used to. So it was a lot of new kinds of jokes and, you know, we've explored how the Simpsons has so many different kinds of humor. I think this is just an episode that has more styles and in different directions than I'm used to, which is actually kind of cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very sympathetic to the writing staff of like seasons, like 12 on because I, I, you know, imagine that it would be really difficult to, um, try to stay true to the tone of a show that has established its tone. Right. But you are a writer with a unique voice and you're coming on board. How do you insert yourself and put your spin on it? And, you know, you're probably a super fan of the show to some degree because otherwise, why would you go out for this job? Of course. And, you know, The Simpsons has been established well enough for over a decade. So, yeah, I, I um, it's a tall order, so I'm sympathetic to that struggle. And I think that there was a lot of battling in adding fresh new elements that were of the new writers coming in, who, I mean, I don't even know if there were new new writers coming in, but I just, apart from, like, that core group of, of seasons right. three through eight. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt like they took a lot of chances, and in my opinion, the funniest chances that they took were with... Um, the the Branson stuff mm. and I feel like the sign gags in that part are yeah. like the best jokes in the entire episode. For sure. I mean the Andy Williams thing. What is it like? Glenn Miller presents. Glenn Andy Campbell Glenn presents Glenn Campbell. Campbell. Glenn well, Andy Williams. Then Andy Williams presents Glenn Campbell. Um, so John Vitti, who wrote this episode, is someone that I'm definitely a fan of. And during the uh, Simpsons, uh, you know, every Simpsons ever marathon, it was very exciting to have him come on board. Um, his because he didn't have a Twitter before. Um, you can find him now as Pennywise, which was his like pseudonym. Uh, it was kind of his whatever you like, whatever you call that. Plume. Sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, he actually just a fun fact about him is that he uh, after uh, Schwartzwalder has written the most Simpsons episodes. He's written like 29. Oh, wow. Um, which I I wouldn't have known. I didn't like it's always interesting to see. uh how late into the seasons these writers are writing. Like, John Swartzwald wrote inter- until, I think, season 14, which I wouldn't yeah. have known. because and Scully's still in there. Yeah. Like you mentioned. Totally. Guest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's incredible. And I, and I think that, well, The Simpsons is such a unique operation. There's no other show like it. And I guess you could compare legacy-wise or just the, the time-wise um, to SNL, but it's a completely different right. uh, operation as far as the writing goes. Um, but I, I love that they remain really loyal to the um, writers that helped shape this show during the early years and, you know, will keep them on as consultants or, you know, throw them episodes every now and then. Yeah. I just think that's really great. Man, I really want to talk about the episodes that John Feedy has written because he's written a lot of my favorite episodes. Ooh, and I have to say, I have to say that... Um, this episode does not really remind me of the other ones. Like sometimes like, you know, I guess I'm a fan that's late to discovering who wrote what. Um, we've kind of talked about that. Who 
highlighted. Yeah. I, I, I'm learning through. I, I've just started learning in like the last year and a half. Go. Yeah. So I would love to list the ones that he wrote. Go for it. Bart the Genius, Homer's Night Out, The Crepes of Wrath, Simpson and Delilah, Bart's Dog Gets an F, Lisa Substitute, which is my favorite mm, episode, awesome. When Flanders Failed, I can't pronounce it, but the one where Homer has the German chocolate place, Burns for Dinger Craftwork. I can't say yeah. it. Radio Bart, Bart the Lover, Black Radio Widower, Treehouse of Horror We're 3. Sending our love down the way. <laughs> I, I thought about choosing well, that one. <laughs> Mr. Plow, brother from the same planet. So it's come to this, a Simpsons when clip show. Cape Fear, people. <gasps> he, wrote, he wrote Cape Fear? <laughs> Another he wrote Simpsons. a lot of episodes that I thought about, but I was like, no, someone better has got to do that episode. Oh, someone better, come on. Well, well, I mean, he didn't write Monorail, but I was like, I could do Monorail, but no, someone else has got to do Monorail. I feel like oh, you got to yeah. get Conan on for that. Oh, Ooh. we will try. <laughs> Another Simpsons clip show. So so interestingly, when um, John Vitti used his pen name was for the clip shows, um, he said in the commentary that he didn't want to be attributed to writing a clip show. So he went under Pennywise instead, which I think is so funny oh, because funny. they're so good. Yeah. Uh, home Sweet Home Diddly Dumb Doodly. Oh, my God. Uh, the Simpsons 138th episode Spectacular. But that's <laughs> yeah. like everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Old Man of the Key. Weekend at Burnsy's. So this is now getting into later, uh, and then there are three more after this one. Wow! So what yeah. a what a career um, for the Simpsons alone. I mean, he also worked on The Critic and I think King yeah. of the Hill. Oh Larry Sanders. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, so oh it's man. no, it's I'm no. So jealous <laughs> of that run. Jealous. Uh, jealous. It's it's no surprise that this episode is is full of a lot of jokes. Um, it is always. So interesting to go back on an episode or to see an episode for the first time uh, with adult eyes, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you saw this as a child. Um, so when you revisited it, were there any moments that you caught for the first time? Um, I mean, my I think my problem is that if I, I, I think if I was catching it now, I'd probably go. I don't know if I ever caught that as a kid. <laughs> but uh, I mean... I'm trying to. Th- oh, the quick button of Jasper going tramp after like. <laughs> oh yeah. After uh, Zelda I leaves for the Jasper. first time. Uh, Jasper is one of my favorites no. and. Oh sorry. No no go ahead. Oh I was just gonna say another joke that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, they're listening to the Itchy and Scratchy Radio Hour, which is a really nice moment in this it episode. It really is. I wanted to see more moments between hey. characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know uh, that doesn't happen too much. I, I guess the only time I really remember like super, you know Bart. Uh, grandpa stuff stuff is uh, the one with the tattoo of the hellfish. Yeah, hellfish. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's so good. Oh, that's a classic episode. I keep just in like every time we mention an episode, I'm like, God, I I think I have to you go really back in. You really, really screwed up. No, no, I keep. I I mean, I I chose a good episode because now I can listen to other people more qualified to talk about those oh, episodes. Oh. I have nothing. To no, but you. I, I mean, so yes, we've been tearing this episode a little bit of a new. No, way, no, no. But I. You mentioned that it was something that you thought about a lot when you were growing yeah, up. Yeah, like I don't it, regret it, choosing this. Oh episode. yeah, it's influenced your comedy to some degree because yeah. it, you know, like went into your head and was a constant reference that you made. Right. And I'm sure you structure jokes in similar styles. I don't regret choosing this episode. I was good. just gonna say that I. Can't keep thinking plus i don't think anyone else will choose this episode but i, I keep thinking it's like picking the fat member of the boy band to crush on right oh uh, i home. did uh me too they are accessible and less dangerous i like 
whoever will like me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what does that say about me picking this episode? I, I mean, I'm always picking the Joey Fatones. Oh, yeah. But He's I funny. Just, I haven't talked about <laughs> The Simpsons in forever or thought about it. And I used to be like, this is the first show that I like got invested in the culture. Like I had Simpsons shoes. I had Simpsons, uh, like those slippers that you, like it's Homer's mouth <laughs> oh, when you yeah. wore them. You did? Yeah. I wore them to death. Around like I had this to, time that yes. you were watching. Okay. We, sh- we should I, get some for the office. You, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know what sound that was. You made a woof. woof. I heard a woof. Woof. What? <laughs> the Charlie Callis sound, that's what I should have made. Ooh, cool. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just... Like I, I haven't thought about it in so long, and now I'm just like, God, I need to go back and rewatch every episode because I had the DVDs uh, for some of the seasons, and then they started doing the thing where they were putting it in like Homer's face, and I was just like, mm, maybe not for me anymore. Yeah, exactly. But uh, also, I like I, I bought like Simpsons toys. I would go on Simpsons threads and talk about the Simpsons uh-huh. online. I would. So this was the peak of your Simpsons it fandom for sure when was. this episode aired. Okay, yeah. this yeah, entire season, sense. I I remember like I was looking through the list and I was like, I remember that episode. I remember I am furious lo- yellow with angry dad. I remember <laughs> uh, when Homer has his mouth shut and there's a joke about uh, Bur- him talking to Burns and saying so hungry. And he's like ah southern hungry yes. <laughs> but I like they're jokes that like as a kid I'm sure they're funny. But now I'm just like that's so dumb but it's (laughs) i i'm just now thinking i gotta go back and watch this entire show over again i I can't wait i think that's fair and i would also say that uh as a tribute to your podcast which is super great you guys inspired me to go back and watch all of gilmore girls from beginning to end you gotta come on the show i would love to yeah we'd love to have you on what what episode are you on right now i'm gonna be on the podcast tomorrow talking about uh 506 506 yeah okay yeah, you I've you know them by the number, right? Yes. Right, you yes. know that's the one. Where, no, it's the one where uh, it's one. the one where what's yes. what's his name is at the Norman Mailer. Norman Mailer. Oh, and mm-hmm. he keeps ordering the iced teas. Yeah, mm. yeah. I see? really, I really do like that episode. A lot. I've I've seen every episode. I told this to uh, Allie like almost well, like six months ago or something when I found out that she knew you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just immediately blurted out, I've seen every episode of Gilmore Girls about <laughs> seven times. <laughs> um, it helped me through a difficult time in my life in uh, So I hear for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, it's very comforting. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, for those uh, who don't know this podcast yet, uh, they go episode by episode. And this is Demi's first time watching it. And uh, his co-host, Kevin Porter, who will eventually be on this show as mm-hmm. well, uh, is a vetted fan, has loved it forever. Uh, yeah. So it's it's great. I I really like being a part of the same uh, TV podcast world yeah. as you guys. It's nice. yeah. always very fun. Yeah, and it just feels like a really kind place to be too. Oh yeah. And I feel like the fans of Gilmore Girls and the fans of Simpsons are like equal in in their just niceness De- and sweetness and, and devotion like and devotion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And one of the best things about both Gilmore Girls and The Simpsons is like there's central families to focus on, but there's also these like out like out uh what, what am i trying to say like outer limits like the townies and they yeah. really yeah. make the comedy of the show work and it's so great like oh that's a good point that that is a similarity between the two you yeah. know you you have kind of uh your kirk character and yeah. you just have people that kind of who what's the simpsons equivalent of kirk everyone's the Mo. simpsons equivalent <laughs> of kirk well yeah it could be mo i guess or mm. barney I don't know if it's Barney. No, I mean, like... It's got to be someone who shines occasionally. Oh, what about, like, um, like pimply-faced teen who just kind of keeps having a different different position every time? I do love that Kirk is just comedic relief on that show. Like, he is just constantly, like, doing something weird. He's, like, He's the absurdist 
uh, humor of the show. Yeah. It's because the show is relatively grounded. You get weird things in terms of like the townspeople doing different parades and stuff. And Babette's always doing something weird. Or you, you got yeah. a cat funeral every now and yeah. again. But, you know, uh, Kirk is kind of. Mm-hmm. Kirk is kind of. Uh, With Maury. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is kind of the character who, who gets to be weird. Yeah. Uh, and The Simpsons is a lot of weird. Yeah. But. I see, I see, I see that working well together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to this episode. Yes, um, please. So the joke that I uh, wanted to say is listed in the episode guide. So <laughs> sweet, sweet validation. I will take it. Um, Grandpa says, uh, so they're listening to the Itchy and Scratchy Radio Hour, which is like such a funny instance. Um, such a funny thing. Uh, Grandpa goes, during the war, Eleanor Roosevelt was the voice of Scratchy. (laughs) (laughs) And Bart says, which I love, they've made multiple Eleanor Roosevelt Roosevelt, uh, jokes on The Simpsons, but Bart goes, that lady knows funny. I I bet that's a joke I couldn't have possibly gotten as a kid, just because I would have been, if I knew who Eleanor Roosevelt was, I would have thought, oh, maybe she also did acting or something. (laughs) You know, um, I remember during the Simpsons uh, marathon, um, Dana Gould posted something on his Tumblr, which was like a screenshot of what he said was his favorite joke that he ever wrote on the show. And it's Superintendent Chalmers. I don't recall what episode this was from, but Superintendent Chalmers says, um, she's like a female Eleanor Roosevelt. (laughs) (laughs) Just that line. I laughed so hard. And of course, Dino wrote that. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I ask you guys a question? Of course. How do we feel about the complete derailment of the episode plot into a Grease homage? Oh, I was going to (laughs) say that is a flawless sequence. It is. Okay, so I will say that the joke that um, either Jailbird or Snake or whatever we're calling him makes about, okay, so when my girlfriend, like, lowers her tube top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she uh, protests and he says that line. Um, yeah, but I thought that I thought it was funny to have like a gang of old guys that wear Planet Hollywood jackets. At first, I thought that it would be funnier if it was just one guy in the Quickie <laughs> Mart going, hey, you're getting shavings on my Planet Hollywood Orlando jacket. Yeah. Like I thought that was like a funny thing. Um, but then you have the whole group of them. That's a funny idea, but how do we feel about how this plays into the episode and the execution of that scene? I mean, it could definitely happen in literally any uh, episode, and I think it was just a reason for them to... Because they were probably like, well, we need Grandpa to wreck the car so that he can steal another car with Bart, <laughs> and then we have that adventure, and we need a reason for them to chase. Uh, but obviously it doesn't need to be in this episode, but I honestly... I I thought it was f- hilarious. <laughs> From everyone yeah. like uh, calling him chicken at the Quickie Mart to the guy being like, I will die with my jacket. <laughs> I thought it was all great. Now, this might seem like it's a loaded question, but I promise I'm, I'm genuinely asking, are you a Family Guy fan? No. Interesting. The reason I ask is just because it's it's similar to what many people love about Family Guy, which is the kind of direct parodying of mm-hmm. something um, and, and giving it its own twist. Um, so I, I wondered if that was something that you kind of liked in both or if it was unique to this episode. Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't know if... Thi- I mean, obviously it's a direct parody of Grease, but I feel like The Simpsons... But it's definitely its own thing. Yeah. Right, and I, I think that it's not as stark as a breakaway as Family Guy often mm, does. Mm-hmm. They're like, that reminds me of a time of <laughs> blah, 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 which they've, they've like, man, 
had so ingrained into their format in the same way that like mockumentaries were so like prevalent in in sitcoms um, from The Office to Modern Family to Please Let It Now Be Dead, but it's not because <laughs> the Muppets is bringing it back. But yeah, <sighs> it's Great. it feels like a trope. Now. <laughs> it really does. Um, I think the best thing about The Simpsons, though, is that if they ever want to do a dumb cutaway joke like that, it's canon. It becomes part of right. the story. It's not like, here's a thing that didn't happen. It's here's a thing that happened. And then leads right. us to the next scene. Exactly. Yeah, they don't reset in that same wacky way right. as, as so many cartoons do. Um, I Yeah, I felt like that sequence, the way you described it, made me like it more in, in having a reason for being in this episode because I felt it to be pretty random. But it the way was. that you described that, if somebody <laughs> said, um, let's have an episode where Grandpa joins a gang, yeah. I felt like that would be far more interesting yeah. than let's have an episode where Grandpa tries to impress a girl who for some reason really likes guys who drive, which I guess is a funny thing as a concept, but I just felt like her character was so thin that I didn't care about her. She was it's so a little sexist, but... It is very sexist. Um, there's humor to sexism at times. Uh, I definitely was a little like it's the only time I've ever seen a, a woman character that was kind of not treated with respect. No, and I guess that's kind of the um, area of this episode that I kind of have a hard time with. Just I don't know. I like even when they had the woman who runs the um, burlesque house. Like yeah. she's strong and she's empowered I and love her. she's oh, the sex cauldron. No, no, no. They open it. They close that place up. No, no, no. The the Madame Derriere mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh. Which is such a funny name. I, don't know. I, I think that's, that's it. But yeah, you're right. She is very strong. She's like an independent like businesswoman. And she handles the adversity that she encounters from the Springfieldians with like such a strong front of like, Listen, I pump money into this town. Fuck you. Yeah, you and have problem with it. Exactly. And you have a uh, a woman who is coming from Marge's point of view, which is kind of just afraid and terrified of women of this nature who are so strong and outgoing, but then she too kind of realizes like Right, right. All right. You're right. Well, she also realizes that she's terrible at ventriloquism. <laughs> the true lesson in. of that. But um, yeah, back to this episode with, with the thin female character. Yeah, the, the whole hoochie sequence I felt was so unkind, especially with Marge sparking it. It was literally slut-shaming. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of slut-shaming. Yeah. Uh, it made me feel a little weird. Um, that said, of course, we are watching this as... Uh, two people in, or you know, 2015 for our first time when we are already prepared to look for this all around us. It's right. ingrained in us. It's not the same as it was in 2002, which was a very long time ago, if we're being honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it sounds, was. 2002 sounds like six years ago. It's 13. It's 13 years ago. That's so long ago. A person has been created and they have thoughts and feelings and they yeah. have opinions on politics maybe and this episode probably but just the one just the one person just Just the the one one person person. (laughs) a super person yeah yeah i just (laughs) felt like that was i don't know i mean i felt like this that concept of this woman like playing uh grandpa would have been better executed if that was more focused on her being a bully than her being a hoochie like i just felt like her sexual like promiscuousness had had absolutely like nothing to do with how she was treating people. I, I felt like yeah, it's just that she's shallow. Like that's the yeah. problem with she. She does suck. She's obsessed with people that are only able to help her in some way. So it was it was just an, they could have changed the word, and yeah. I think that would have solved the whole 
problem for me. Yeah. And I'm sure other people don't have this problem. I mean, at the same time, some people don't like to look this deep into cartoons, you know? Right, right. Well, I mean, The Simpsons has kind of forced us to look deep into cartoons because they have produced so many uh, stories that beg for that because yeah. it's so right. rich with layers of, you know, uh, like family lessons and morals and values and stuff like that. I felt like that whole sequence with her running around town with that other really thin character um, who's supposed to be like this older Casanova who says that terrible Garrison Keillor line. <laughs> well, I guess maybe it's okay. He's, he's like, uh, trust me. Lift. Yeah, he's like, trust <laughs> me, you haven't heard Garrison Keillor until you've heard him blasted through five speakers. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so maybe... I that, like that. Maybe that lasted <laughs> in my mind. But yeah, I just felt like them gallivanting around, it just felt, it felt like a game of like kids playing puppets like it just had no real like depth to it that right. made me want to remember it i don't know and uh obviously we're not uh we're not trying to bully anybody here no 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 i think that we're just speaking very critically in, in yeah our we should be critical of this episode like it definitely i guess constructively is really more the word that i was yes thinking of yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick this episode thinking like this is the best one. <laughs> I picked it because I mean, as a kid, like I was like this. I when I think about The Simpsons, I specifically remember the Brant the Bronson <laughs> joke for some reason. Uh, and so it's so innovative. It. I mean, I don't know why, but the idea like. The ridiculous idea of them being like, sorry, this is the wrong city. This is a city in the same state <laughs> with a very similar name where everyone is named after the town's founder, I guess, is who it would so, be. Uh, is so we've, we've, learned, uh, we've learned recently that Sim- the Sorry, that Springfield is uh, actually supposed to be, you know, Oregon. It's supposed to be Portland. Um, so, or in Oregon. Yeah. Uh, where do we think Bronson is? What is the real life Bronson? Tacoma. Tacoma. <laughs> uh, some sort of Texas state where everyone just talks like this. <laughs> or Brooklyn. It is funny to have that voice as the Bronson place just because, I mean, obviously that voice comes up so much in The Simpsons. Like, yeah. ah, you don't like the old time bikes, eh? I, know, I love that guy. <laughs> I'm horrible at doing that he has accent, a name. by the way. He has a name. I forget. I some of the other nerds about this the other day tell us please no you. i don't know i don't know i'm telling our listeners oh, oh yes please tell us <laughs> sorry you were looking at me and saying tell us i, tell I, us. <laughs> I forget that there's a third wall or a fourth i don't know well, what day is uh. it <laughs> who am i um so are there any other moments that you have in your notes that we have yet to get to I uh, mean, it, it is a very dense episode in terms of uh quotable uh jokes yeah uh i think i also sang give me that old time fun <laughs> when i was a kid uh just <laughs> seeing the kind where we stay home yeah the kind where we stay it's so good um and abe scatting in his zoot suit is just a great little gag you uh, love scatting i love scatting it's and something I, love I know about you zoot hmm. suits uh <laughs> wish i could mix both more often i actually also love zoot suits um a lot for some reason. I, I was in Guys and Dolls when I was in sixth grade, so I think I've always just loved that. I just kind of like, era. Is it like a comical thing or is it like a just kind of like a thing that I, I'm comforted that it exists. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. it's. I mean, I like it when people look sharp and together. Oh yeah. I just think I love too. That. I love Dick it when Tracy. things feel like they're part of a set. Yeah. yeah. And they're representing. Well, you are someone who always has yourself very well put together. Oh, thanks. And so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just. 
I just wish people would dress nice for the air. For the air. For I the mean, air. For they the breathe. Air, for, the <laughs> air. For, for planes is what I meant. Right. I wish people would dress nice for planes. For the sky. Uh, this has been you show some respect. Sky. That's God this up there. Been, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this has been just a long con to get me to stand on my Apple box and, you know, yell at people for wearing yoga pants on planes. Old man yells at clouds. Young Ooh. woman yells at planes. <laughs> Shake hot, a boy. Um, yeah. The Sorry. My Dick Tracy comment reminded me of another thing I used to quote, which is the hurricane Nettie, like mm. take that dick tracy now i'm prune face take that like the oh yeah yeah now i'm prune tracy take that dick face oh yeah and that was a cutaway right kind yeah of, more or less yeah a cutaway on uh, dick i face. love that i love that eh, God, dick tracy is such a weird thing it, yeah it's like just so wacky 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 that movie freaked me out as a kid because just of all the weird faces and whatnot yeah and it was also a weird time for special effects and makeup and stuff like that in film I have no idea. I've never. You've never seen it. Never seen it. Madonna's in it. Ooh, She's I love good. Madonna. She plays like the vixen. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> hoochie. Hoochie. She plays hoochie, a hoochie. 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 <laughs> Do you say hoochie, hoochie, hoochie in your everyday life? No. I forgot that <laughs> happened until I watched the scene. I was just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. What is that? That Two Life Crew song? Like, you ain't nothing but a hoochie mama, hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama. Oh, I don't know, but that's, that's catchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, that's the only time I'm like, that. on the hoochie train. <laughs> And uh, my hoochie train cat, next stop. My boyfriend's cat is named Moon Man, and I said, "You ain't nothing but a hoochie mama, Moon, moon Man, Moon Man, hoochie mama." <laughs> it was a fun time. Good. All. Oh, that sounds great. He appreciated it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're coming uh, into a close. Are um, there are there any uh, last thoughts that you have on this episode that you would like to enlighten us with? Um, the super dark joke of Marge liking gambling, like and oh, just being yeah. like, "Mom, you're hurting me." I love that joke. I love it, but I was also just like, "This doesn't fit in tone with this episode." <laughs> but that was I that actually was felt like it was right yeah. that she likes gambling. Yeah, she has. So. I mean, the episode that she gambles in was seasons before. Mm-hmm. I know. So. Yeah. It was actually for me. It was the most Simpsonsy joke, kind I of know. in the whole. It made me feel great. It, <laughs> me it, too. It was such a sweet nod to the people that have patiently right. been Which continuing. Is one of the best in. things that, like, if the, I love how they just bring things back up, even if it's like it's not important, but we can use it for a joke. Something that uh, it was a weird thing to see was you could call me Ray because Homer sings that uh, in an, in a very early Simpsons episode. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was kind of weird to hear the actual character doing it. Yeah, yeah no. I Yeah. I, episodes around this time have like a weirdness to them just because they, they feel kind of like in a weird purgatory between like the golden age, golden age, quote unquote, and the next era. So there's all, there's some borrowing uh, of like old references or I guess a tip of the hat to older references, but then they're creating a whole new style and tone and so it's yeah it's really interesting it's definitely like in a transition um an article that i will find the name of and post on twitter and facebook is one that i really recommend reading which is basically the different eras of the simpsons and it breaks it down i think into five or so eras and it talks specifically about the simpsons post 9-11 and of course Mm. this is a post 9-11 episode yeah and uh it it explains a lot. And it also, we're looking at what other shows exist uh, at this time because when The Simpsons started, it was the only thing of its kind. And then around 2002, we already have South Park, we already have Family Guy, we already have all these different shows. And now it's kind of having to push itself to new limits and see what works and what maybe 
other areas they want to explore and it's super interesting so i think that I this that. i think this area area of the uh like these couple seasons uh have a very unique quality to yeah. them yeah i also love studies on film and television that go into what was happening in history around that time me too i went to film school at chapman uh university <laughs> um they paid me to say that um and i was a film studies major and, and one of the best classes i ever took was um sci-fi cinema and it broke down like pre-cold war post-cold war and yeah you could see, hell yeah but sci-fi specifically is such like a, a voice box for whatever's happening socially at of time. course whatever anxieties everyone's feeling it, whether it's nuclear war or whether it's you know going to war against another country or totally. whatever mm-hmm. yeah you, you find a lot of like religious stuff later on children of men was one that we analyzed yeah very interesting Oh, I love that. Um, something that I, I mean, this is kind of just, we're geeking out right now, but I, you know, it's important to look at who was president in the early Simpsons. Mm-hmm. We, right. Clinton was our president during all of the best Simpsons well, from my childhood. George W. And then we get. Not W, sorry, George Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, was president for the um, start of the Simpsons. Yes, that's true. And, and so they quarreled, actually. Do you, do you, did you hear about this? I do. Uh, Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush um, said something about how. Uh, something bad about The Simpsons and how it, it was like... Yeah, not being a, f- a family show. Oh, yeah. Show. Uh, something about Watch the Waltons rather than The Simpsons. Yes, yeah. yes. And, exactly. and then they had a back and forth, which I love. Marge Simpson wrote the letter yes. back, yeah. which is one of my favorite, uh, I guess, artifacts in this world. Yeah. It's one of the sweetest things the ever. the opening of a certain episode as a response to that? I don't know about that. And also, there was, of course, the episode where uh, Bush's Two neighbors. bad neighbors. Yeah. Two bad neighbors. So yeah. Great. <laughs> and, then, and then, do you like Ford. nachos? <laughs> do you like football? <laughs> Ford's brother was Billy Beer, right? I don't or know. No. Somebody was. I'll have to research it. But yeah, I, I love that <laughs> pairing of Gerald Ford with Homer Simpson. So great. And I'm sure that opened a lot of people's eyes to the connections that they were maybe subconsciously making. Up until that point. But yeah, I love the play that they have with um, the president and the, and what's happening politically and what's happening socially. I feel like that they're a very conscious show of whatever's happening at the time. Yeah. I they think don't exist in a funnel. Obama ruined The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Obama. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no Obama, right? Oh, I, would, I, I will have to more closely look because I have heard in the past, I wouldn't say eight years, <laughs> but in the past four years, it's especially good again. People, I mean, quote unquote, good again. This is from the the really snarky Simpsons fans. Oh, right. who We're not saying this. You're quoting. Yeah, else. yeah, yes. I'm. I couldn't possibly say it because I haven't seen everything yet, and I'm working on it. But yeah. um, the episodes that I've seen have been great. Um, yeah. But we just I'm different. Sorry, you mentioned Obama. How does that play into it? Past four years, he's been oh, so he's our president. Been, he's been killing it. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that Obama ruined the Simpsons, but I now I was responding to what Demi said, which was a joke. I was going <laughs> to say if that's the case, if Obama ruined the Simpsons, it's because he favors his uh, favorite child, which is Keaton Peel. So yeah. let me. Yes, that's true. So <laughs> let me ask. Uh, in terms of Simpsons alone, would you want to see a season? The next four years, let's say, with Trump, Hillary, or Bernie? Ooh, good question. Mm, uh, is, are we talking about, like, someone guesting in an episode? Or I'm talking just about, like, the tone that's going to come out of the country once we have three very different people in office. And those are the three people that you think are going to be Oh, yeah. So Gosh, Trump really <laughs> is going to go far because everyone loves the circus. <laughs> uh, I, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing about all of those is I think that a Bernie season would just not be a change at all. I think it would just be uh, sort of like 
you know, the country's just chugging along, just doing fine. I think a Hillary season would be just a response to both a woman president and a president that everyone's kind of like, I don't know about her. I mean, she is a woman, which is great, but I don't know about, like, everyone's right, kind of right, on edge right. about that. So maybe that would be interesting. A Trump season, I don't know what would happen because it would be a direct response to, I can't believe we have an insane man for if, president. If Trump gets elected, SNL and The Simpsons, I think, will have some of their best seasons. I, th- I think so. Same. I think that with I think it'll Bernie. give a boost to comedy. And so and same with Bernie. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I my favorite time of, not year, but I mean, I don't know how to put it. Of the season. M- my favorite time of the world is when it's election season. Election right. season is the most entertaining for all of the TV shows, and it changes. Like, it's it, like there's the World Cup just for us. It is, and there's such a buzz. There's such a buzz in the air yeah. that I love. I mean, it's terrifying and it's scary, but like, I'm excited to see, of course, for the state of our country who's going to win, but also for how it's going to affect shows like The Simpsons. And you're right it, that it immediately affects. I mean, sometimes more obviously on SNL because they always have the cold open that is right. politically oriented. But um, Lisa's going to have some stuff to say if Trump is our president, and I'm dying absolutely. to hear it. Absolutely. I don't I, I don't think Trump will be our president. He won't. And when I said that <laughs> it would give a boost to comedy, I don't mean that I favor that. I, I oh, feel like of course. That will be a po- apocalyptic world outside of <laughs> Well, you know, I love to laugh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it will, I'm going to vote Trump. It will be the apocalypse outside of every writer's room, but inside it will be insulated. Yes. Yeah. It would be um, like the opposite of the Writer's Guild strike. I was <laughs> like, we got to write 40 stories today. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody quit everything else in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your kids you'll see them when they turn 18 well, you'll <laughs> see them in four years yeah um so th- demi thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh me. and for choosing this episode uh this is a very fun conversation uh where can people find your work outside of the gilmore guys which uh, hopefully everyone already knows and loves yeah <laughs> hopefully um you can go to my website demi figure out if i'm doing anything of worth i'm probably not um but i write stuff sometimes and i post about it there or you can follow me on Twitter at Electrolemon, where I do the exact same stuff that I just described. Where can cool. people find your SoundCloud? Oh, did you not hear? They took down my SoundCloud. They took down your yeah. SoundCloud. What was on your SoundCloud? Just a bunch Old of man yells at SoundCloud. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you. Uh, hey. Um, no, it, it's just a bunch of dumb mashups that I thought were funny uh, that I've been making. But I moved it all over to Bandcamp. So ah, yes. You can That's go fun. To I used to have uh, my other podcast. I'm so sorry, Ali. I had another podcast before you. I did, too. And you've been on it. <laughs> I know. Um, we were different people. Before. It doesn't matter who we were before. Know, it matters I who we are now. I don't want to bum you out by mentioning it. I just feel like it's always, you know, something you have to walk on eggshells. It, you know, if we had started this, you know, five years ago when I was younger and more right. unsure, maybe it would have made me jealous. But now I'm just happy That's that we're true. here today. You I'm crazy kids are going to make it after I'm all. I'm glad we didn't start da, 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 five da. years ago. We're different people now. And we yeah. had to go through character if building If we started this five years ago, no one would have been on it. Nope. No. I, anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, I put it on SoundCloud and they tagged me for just having a song as like the jingle. I, they, I played like. 10 seconds of a song and they were like did you put sleigh bells in this it's insane "Um, anyway uh you could follow us on at simpsons pod on twitter and uh, everything's coming up podcast on facebook and uh email us and uh julia where can people find you i'm on twitter at at julia prescott and on instagram and all those things and i'm at Allie gertz and we will see you next week thank you so much bye bye bye